to the Grumps Blog Podcast. And that's not easy to say. Welcome to the Grumps Blog Podcast, episode number three, dated 25th of September 2020. Today, it's just a quick three-parter. We've got a, a quick pick from the news, along with my thoughts. And again, it's a silly one, but it's a classic. And we've got a grump view. And that, this week, is about the great British press. And then, part three, births and events from the week gone by. funny news article this week is from I believe 2012 uh, August time the title is a woman on a group trip in Iceland accidentally found herself part of her own search party yes that's right a missing woman was found in the search party looking for herself How does that happen? Yeah, that's a very good question. How does that happen? Let me read you the news story. A tourist who joined in the search after a member of her bus party went missing was able to track the woman down when she realised it was herself they were looking for. The woman was declared missing from a party touring a volcanic region in South Iceland after getting off the party's bus to freshen up. She only hopped off the bus briefly, but also changed her clothes, and her fellow travellers did not recognise her when she climbed back on again to continue the party's journey. Soon, the search began for a woman described as Asian, around 160 centimetres, in dark clothing and speaking English well. When the details of the missing woman were issued, the woman reportedly didn't recognise her own description and unwittingly joined the search party looking for her. After a night-long operation involving around 50 people, the missing woman eventually realised she was the source of the search and informed police. The search began on Saturday but was called off around 3am on Sunday morning when the woman, who has not been identified, realised she was the subject of the frantic efforts. Well, that's the end of that quote and that reading. This is hilarious. So we look, I did a bit more research on this. And yes, the lady concerned got off the coach. She freshened up. She changed clothes and got back on the bus. And then people on the party said, she's not here. They apparently didn't recognise that there was an additional person. They didn't know. But the person, you know, wasn't there. So they held a search party. And it got so serious, they were about to call the Coast Guard helicopter out, etc, etc. Before she realised that, yes, the search party was actually looking for her. It's absolutely a stunning story. And it is very true. It really did happen. I laughed a lot when I heard it, and I hope that's cheered you all.
follow-on from a blog that I did some considerable time ago now. The topic was news. Not very exciting, perhaps. However, it was dealing with the overload of news. Now, we all know that right now there are so so many different news channels you've got the internet you've got newspapers you've got radio you've got tv you've even got podcasts but can you have too much news in the blog i said or suggested that yes you can and it was dangerous and it had a negative effect on people i know it does on me but we do need news. It's essential. We do need to know what's going on in the world, especially local to us. So that brings me on nicely to my rant, if you like, about the great British press, specifically the journalists. Imagine it is the date of 22nd of September 2020. As the coronavirus pandemic ploughs on and we're seeing an uptick in numbers, the speculation is growing that we are going to have a further lockdown. However, on this particular morning, we know very little. In fact, the number of facts we have to hand could be counted on one hand. That is, that the government after a COBRA meeting, was going to have a cabinet meeting. After the cabinet meeting, the Prime Minister was going to brief the Commons regarding additional lockdown measures to try and control the coronavirus. However, if you listened to the press that morning, you would not believe that we didn't know anything. Thousands of minutes of airtime was spent discussing nothing. Hundreds of experts, so-called experts, were spouting their opinion on the decisions and the announcement that was going to be made. Yet, we didn't know what that announcement was going to be. That's all very silly. So they were speculating. There were rumour mongering. Well, one press corpse has heard that there's going to be a fire break. Another says we're going to be locked down. Another one says we're not going to be able to visit people. Another one says the pubs are going to close, the shops are going to close. Nobody knew what the Prime Minister was going to say. And that is very unusual, to be fair, because we do get too many leaks of information. I almost at the stage where you don't actually need to listen to a speech or an announcement because it's been leaked days before. However, the negativity that was coming out in these interviews was horrendous. And right now, what we really, really need is clarity of message. Everybody is saying it. Just give us a simple, clear message. Now that is currently impossible because the press won't allow it. Yeah, 
whatever Boris Johnson says, there's already been hours and hours of speculation, comments, and that gets planted in people's minds. It's confusing. So when the announcement does come, it's very mixed, it's, it's blurred, the lines are blurred, and the message is blurred. And right now, we need clarity of message. Above all else, we need one single message, a set of rules, and no ambiguity. Yet that's what the press thrive on, ambiguity. They love dividing opinion. They do nothing more than get two experts on with different opinions, and that just polarises views. I truly believe that all they are trying to do is be sensationalist because if they're sensational, if they have a new piece of news and if they're lucky enough to get a rumour right, then they can say in advance, we told you so, and it sells their newspaper, it sells their publication, their channel, whatever it may be, but it's wrong. It really is very wrong. Some journalists are worse than others. I'm not going to name names, but if you go on the BBC, you've got a journalist with the initials LK. If you're on ITV, you've got one called RP. And they are seemingly the worst. They so, so annoy me. And you only had to listen when we used to have the daily press conferences and they introduced public questions. Those questions were more insightful and useful than any of the press questions put together because that was a member of the public trying to find out facts. It wasn't a journalist trying to point score over the politician concerned or another newspaper. They were just asking plain simple facts. So my plea to the press is, for goodness sake, you have got a very privileged and important role to play. We need to get the news to everybody. We need to get the rules and the messages to all, no matter how they consume that news, whether it be paper, internet, radio, TV, they need to get the news, but they need to get a single message clarity. Let's work with facts. Yes, facts. Because that is the only way we can make sensible and logical decisions. So my plea to the journalists is analyse facts. Provide your thoughts on, fact, on facts. Fine. But do not try and predict the news. It does nobody any favours. for the final part of this week's podcast. Got some facts and births from years gone by. 46 years ago in 1974, and that's on the 23rd of September, CFAX was the world's first teletext information service and a forerunner to the current BBC Red Button. 
CFAX was started by the BBC and ended after 38 years of broadcasting at 23.32 and 19 seconds British summertime on the 23rd of October 2012, in line with the digital switchover being completed in Northern Ireland. On the 23rd of September 1969, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, starring Paul Newman and Robert Redford, premiered. On the 23rd of September, 1957, that'll be the day written by Buddy Holly and Jerry Allinson was released. It was first recorded by Buddy Holly and the Three Tunes in 1956, and then re-recorded in 1957 by Holly and his new band, The Crickets. The 1957 recording achieved widespread success. Holly's producer, Norman Petty, was credited as a co-writer, although he did not contribute to the composition, which must be a wonderful job if you can get it. Bruce Frederick Joseph Springsteen, born September 23rd, 1949. The American singer, songwriter and musician, who is both a solo artist and the leader of the E Street Band, a native of the Jersey Shore, he received critical acclaim for his early 1970s albums and attained worldwide fame for the release of Born to Run in 1975. During a career that has spanned five decades, Springsteen has become known for his poetic and socially conscious lyrics and lengthy, energetic stage performances. He has been given the nickname The Boss. He has recorded both rock albums and folk-orientated work, and his lyrics often address the experiences and struggles of working-class Americans. Julio Jose Iglesias was born on the 23rd of September 1943. He's a Spanish singer, songwriter and former professional footballer. Iglesias is recognised as the most commercially successful continental European singer in the world and one of the top record sellers in music history, having sold more than 100 million records worldwide in 14 different languages. It is estimated that during his career he has performed in more than 5,000 concerts for over 60 million people in five continents. In April of 2013, Iglesias was inducted into the Hall of Fame of Latin Composers. Ray Charles Robinson, aka Ray Charles, was born on September 23, 1930. He was an American singer, songwriter, pianist and composer. Among friends and fellow musicians, he preferred being called Brother Ray. He was often referred to as the genius. Charles was blinded during childhood due to glaucoma. He pioneered the soul music genre during the 1950s by combining blues, jazz, rhythm and blues and gospel styles into the music he recorded for Atlantic Records. He contributed to the integration of country music, rhythm and blues and pop music during the 1960s with his crossover success on ABC Records, notably with his two Modern Sounds albums while he was with ABC, 
Charles became one of the first black musicians to be granted artistic control by a mainstream record company. On the 21st of September in 2016, Facebook's founder Mark Zuckerberg and his wife Priscilla Chan pledged $3 billion to refund medical research over the next decade. At a press conference in San Francisco, they said their ultimate goal was to cure, prevent or manage all diseases by the end of the century. American Idiot was the seventh studio album by American rock band Green Day, released on the 21st of September 2004 by Reprise Records. American Idiot marked something of a career comeback for Green Day, charting in 27 different countries, peaking at number one in 19 of them and selling more than 16 million copies worldwide. Paul McCartney and Wings played the Dom Sportova Arena in Zagreb on the 21st of September 1976 as part of their Wings Over the World tour. The tour started on the 9th of August 1975 and finished on the 21st of October 1976 with a total of 65 shows. The tour took them to Britain, Australia, Europe, the United States and Canada. The set list for much of the tour featured material from the Wings best-selling albums Band on the Run in 1973, Venus and Mars 1975 and Wings at the Speed of Sound 1976, as well as some of McCartney's compositions from the Beatles era such as Yesterday, Lady Madonna and The Long and Winding Road. The 21st of September 1957 saw Perry Mason the TV series, based on the character by author Earl Stanley Gardner, starring Raymond Burr, premiere on CBS TV. It's an American legal drama series originally broadcast on CBS television. The title character portrayal by Raymond Burr is fictional Los Angeles criminal defense lawyer. Perry Mason was Hollywood's first weekly one-hour series filmed for television and remains one of the longest-running and most successful legal-themed TV series. William James Murray, best known as Bill Murray, was born on the 21st of September 1950, famous for night, Saturday Night Live and Ghostbusters. He first rose to fame on Saturday Night Live, a series of performances that earned him his first Emmy Award, and later starred in comedy films including Meatballs, Caddyshack, Stripes, Tootsie, Ghostbusters, Scrooged, Ghostbusters 2, What About Bob, and Groundhog Day. Well, that's enough from me for the week. More next week. Thank you for listening to the Grumps Blog Podcast. Of course, you can always visit us at www.thegrumps.co.uk to find out more. You can also see what we're up to on Twitter at The Grumps Blog or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The Grumps Blog. Share, share alike. We'll be back very soon. Thank you for your ears.